What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fortress of Comitude podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. We are joined again, once again, by the man that started it all. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Doug Wagner is here. Doug, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks again for coming and chilling with us and oh. coming back to the show. And Always a pleasure. Always awesome. a pleasure. So we're going to talk about uh, the ride as a burning desire, right? Yes. Which is going to come out on June 12th. Correct. Just, okay, I've been informed. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that and, you know, obviously not spoil a book that hasn't come out yet, but uh, Doug's going to give you guys some info on that. Make sure you guys let your comic book shops know if that's something that you guys are interested in picking up. But uh, first thing, man, it's been like, you know, what, 18 months? Yeah, it's been a while. Since, uh, since you were on the show. So yeah. what have you been up to? Like, how you been? What's been going on other than writing comic books, obviously? D- dude, that's about it. Like, that's all I do. I sit at home in front of my desk and, and write comic books do you, all day. Do you have like a play? Do you have like a zone or something that you go, like an office or something that you oh, yeah, go into? Yeah, I have, a, you yeah, I have okay. a home office. Okay. And, um, Gotta have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go I mean, sit at Starbucks with your... No. Frappuccino or something. No, it's it's not as romantic as they like to paint it out in TV <laughs> yeah. and movies. I'm sitting at home washing clothes and cleaning bathrooms in between writing scripts. So, you know, like, <laughs> Watching an episode of Friends or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> Everything you can imagine that can get in the way of, of doing your work, mm-hmm. you know, um, does. You you know, you're like, oh. pumping out a lot of material, right? The writing as far as... Mm-hmm. Been working a lot. A lot of it obviously won't see mm-hmm. the light of day for a while. Mm-hmm. With comic um, books being a... a a team effort thing oh, here. Yeah, it's yeah. obviously not in your control. Exactly. So, you know, I mean... But you want to draw it, man. Yeah. No, you don't want to see <laughs> me draw it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, no, it's... I mean, it's just been working on the books and um, doing doing creator-owned books is a lot more work mm-hmm. than doing like when back when I was doing stuff for DC Custom. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just... You're kind of... If you're the writer, you're technically the manager of the team. Mm-hmm. So, you're not only managing the team and trying to get everything done on time, but like when you go to Image, you know, you're the one that pitches it. You're the one yeah. that comes up with a schedule. You're the For one sure. that turns in all the files. So, the, everybody ships you the files. You have to make sure they're all right. Put them mm-hmm. all together. Ship them to Image. They tell you what's wrong. Then you have to go find everybody again <laughs> and get them to fix it. You know, so... And then... You know, coming up with solicitation dates and oh, sure. writing all the solicitation texts and press releases and all that kind of stuff. You got to do a lot of your marketing that. and stuff oh, too. Yeah. You know, it's not like like if you're writing like you know Green Lantern or something for DC, they're gonna market that book. Yeah, for you or at least for a good portion of it. Like you got to basically market your. I mean, Image isn't gonna come out and be like, hey, buy this guy's books. Not so much, anyways. No, I mean they've got thirty books a month. Yeah. They have to try to promote all at the same time. For sure, yeah. they've got to pick and choose. You know what they think is gonna sell. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, there's some safety at working in Marvel or DC too, because if you're writing a book and it fails, mm. it's kind of you almost you're a little bit disconnected from it. Yeah, because yeah. like if Superman fails, is it your fault? Yeah, you kind of like, well, maybe DC dropped the ball. But like yeah. this being your creator own is if if it fails and it's like, oh, oh. if it fails, it's all me. You know, <laughs> it's like it's all on my shoulders. Oh, no. so yeah, you're you take a little bit more <laughs> pressure and stress from it. Yeah, I don't. Know, I I almost feel like you could kind of turn that the other way too, though. Like if you're writing Batman. And Batman fails. It's not Batman's fault because right. Batman's a profitable character. Like they obviously aren't liking what you're doing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, I, I think you almost take a little bit more. Uh, I think it depends on the character. Weight on your shoulders because yeah. it's like, oh, if Batman was selling good, and all of a sudden I start writing, and <laughs> if I come on and the book starts selling less, it's like I don't think Batman's the problem. Batman's kind of a cash cow. Well, think about though, like even with like all the stuff that's happened lately with Tom King, right? Mm-hmm. Think about oh, yeah. how much that's hate been an interesting Dan saga. DiDio 
gets for Batman. Yeah. So there is that, like, you can go, well, my editor's approved it, so it must yeah. be good enough. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you make Batman fail, you did something it's a, it's a proven brand. Right. It, it's a proven product. But then you also had at least four or five people above you mm-hmm. that approved that or sent you on that direction. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you came with a different idea and they're like, no, we want to do this with Batman. Mm-hmm. And then you try that and it fails. That's true. So, yeah, I think there there you got a lot, a little bit more buffer mentally. Yeah. There's some more like, is there like some more like peace of mind though with it being the image, the creator owned stuff? Because it's like, even if it fails, at least it's it's your thing. You know what I mean? Like it, this thing is either going to succeed or fail on my own and my team's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Basically like it, it's my thing for better or worse. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the extra pressure and stress you get from it is like, <laughs> oh, this thing fails. Take some confidence in that, though, too, where it's like, you know, it, it, if it does well, it's, you know, that's uh, my thing. It's, oh, it's yeah. 100% art. I mean, a bad Batman book is still going to sell. Like, there's a there's a minimum of how, of how because there's people that just buy. You, you hear people, again, Tom King, like, talk about how bad Tom King's Batman book is, but we're 70 plus issues in. And I'm not someone that buys comic books I don't like. I'm not, I don't understand that whole completionist Right. mentality if i don't buy it if i don't like a book i drop it i'll give it an issue to like no i don't dig this i drop it yeah you know i'm not reading superman right now i haven't read superman in you know 10 months it's my favorite character on the planet right but so like i don't but if it's if you're 70 issues into somebody's run and you're still buying the book i think that's on you like vote with your dollar that's what i oh, always yeah. say yeah. i totally in comics yeah so but like there's always gonna be people that will buy batman even if they hate it yeah i wonder what that bottom you know i bet you that bottom line's like no matter what like, like three 80, of us are doing 80, Batman. 80,000 maybe? Yeah, I'm drawing Batman. I, it might still sell 50,000 copies. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, bet like, yeah. I bet we could get 50. I bet we could get 50. You get 50? Yeah. <laughs> we put his penis in it. We might get 80. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, with the creator-owned stuff, it, it's very much on your back for better or worse. Oh, yeah. So, right on. Uh, what, one of the things I was curious about, and I don't know how you know it all works, so this is why it's kind of fun to pick your brain about different things, because like, you know, Hard Place has been, you know, what, it was end of 2018 yes. that we wrapped that up. So, I mean, we're, mm. you know, a year and five months, a year oh, and yeah. change. So, like, when you're freelance, basically doing stuff for Image or whatever, and you're not having books come out, how does that kind of work? I mean, I know you probably do a lot of con appearances and stuff for as far as money and stuff. But like, doesn't that kind of hinder you when you, like, you turn scripts in and stuff? Uh, how Like, do you get paid for turning the scripts in or do you have to wait until you have a book out before you see any return on yeah. money from image with image it's you have to wait until the book comes out okay so yeah that That's... is that is that is a problem okay. i mean i had a grand plan but you know plans don't always work out and 2019 mm-hmm. was just one of those is wait a minute 2018 right yeah. yeah 2018 is not the turn did not turn out the way i had planned <laughs> with like one issue that came out yeah, in january exactly. and then nothing like, else <laughs> exactly luckily i did have the two trades mm-hmm. so that plastic trade and the hard place trade okay and so that helped out okay but yeah i mean it's you know you make grand plans. You have an idea what that year is going to look like, and then when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh. so "I was wondering about that too." It's like, well, yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, obviously you're hindered from what you can do. So it's like, well, yeah. What are you? I mean, when you're someone in that position, how are you making money other than, I guess, going to cons and trying to sell stuff that you've already done? I mean, a lot of times, it's yeah, you got to figure out how to make money outside of what you would mm-hmm. normally do. 
Got to have that backup plan. Yeah. If you have a guy like Jason Aaron or someone that's like exclusive with Marvel, he's getting a salary oh, from yeah. Marvel no matter what he's doing. So he could, you know, like, oh, I'm taking a couple months off from books if he wanted to, and he's still going to be getting paid. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, well, so, I mean, yeah. Jason, you know, those kind of guys are in like a really, really good spot. They work. have the exclusive yeah. deals. And they're actually on the payroll and everything, not just like a freelance pay work for hire kind of a thing. And, and you know, Jason Aaron has such a body of work that he could call anybody. Oh, yeah. And go, I want to do a book. Can oh, you yeah. pay me? And they're of course they're gonna go yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So because they want they just want the promotional material. They right. want they want to be like, hey, look, we got Jason Aaron to do oh, our yeah. book. And I mean, and Jason, you know, he hits more home runs than he doesn't. Oh yeah. You know, oh, most yeah. of his stuff is really really good. So uh, yeah, I, I like Jason Aaron quite a oh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if no matter what he brings you, it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. Even the stuff that I feel like is kind of like I don't even want to say subpar, but like just kind of so so. That's like as as bad as it gets. You oh, know yeah. what I, mean? I don't. Jason Aaron's not somebody that like, oh man, that's a piece of garbage. You know what I mean? There's not no. a lot of those. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I hate him for it, but yeah, he's one of those <laughs> writers that like, because he gets so much work. <laughs> well, just because no matter what he does, it's usually it, mm. at his worst, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's better than the average comic. Dude, the pressure far. of that Star Wars book to oh, come yeah. out to relaunch into Star Wars number one, and they knocked it out of the park with that thing. Yeah, and. I mean, for the most part, I mean, you're never going to please Star Wars fans all the way, but for the most part, I think it was pretty universally accepted. Like, we can take this. Yeah. We, we enjoy this. This is this is cool. Well, I mean, you know, look at what he did with Thor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he brought- He's doing Conan now. I know. <laughs> but, he, I mean, he did female Thor, and even though half the Twitterverse reacted negatively, oh, yeah. Jason stays his path. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, it's going to be a good story. That thing's going to be remembered a lot better. Oh, yeah. Than, you yeah, know. it's a good story. I mean, there, there was the people that loved it. The whole time. Yeah. I think it'll be remembered better. It'll be looked back on better than what it was. Yeah. You know, coming out that people were thought of it as it was coming out because people just don't like something different in there, you know? Oh, yeah. They want their same old, same old. Yeah. But it's weird. But then you you also have the people that don't want the same old, same old. They want something different. So they want something new until they get it. And then they complain that they want their old thing back. You know, it's like, oh, bring back the thing I like. Not and everyone. Then, no, but I'm saying a lot of those kind of people. And then once they had the thing that they wanted back, they're like, oh, I'm kind of dropping it. It's just kind of stale, you know, whatever. It's like, well, yeah, someone comes in there with some creativity. Let's shake it up a little bit. And you get upset. Yeah. And so it's like, what What do you want? How do you please those people? Well, and then we're in a strange situation, too, now in our country to where, like, people didn't go see Miss Marvel because it was a female. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't like Thor because she was a female. Yeah. They didn't they'll, say they will it was tell you the otherwise, story. Yeah. right? They'll tell you otherwise, but it's yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. To, what does it boil down to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never remember anybody pitching a fit about Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Oh no. And now you know everybody's like, we want to see him in the movies. And oh I'm yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, just give it time. If the story's good, it'll stick. If it doesn't, Dude, Beta that Ray character Bill will be disappear. Sweet. Oh, yeah, Beta Ray Bill. Would be I mean, sweet. I've heard a, the rumor is he's going to be in the next Guardians. Uh, I'd be down for that. Yeah. And they also like they had like the Adam Warlock tease and stuff too. I'm like, I'm down for all of that. Yeah. Novacore, like let's let's go crazy. I love the cosmic stuff. Oh yeah. So I'm dying to see what they do with it. So oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, C- Captain Marvel was a whole was a whole big thing that I think was I think Captain Marvel was the one that kind of bursted from the last couple of years of Wonder Woman being successful, then Black Panther being successful because there was pushback on those movies too. But for some oh, yeah. reason, they just they really came out against Captain Marvel. That was a weird one. It re- it really was. And I don't know. I like the movie. I don't care. Yeah. I, I dug it. Yeah. I, don't know if I loved it. I don't know if there's a perfect movie that exists, but I, I dug it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it has the 
the cultural impact that Wonder Woman had. Right. Because Wonder Woman was first. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I I think it's probably just as good. Yeah. Or at least pretty close. It, it, I think Captain Marvel is maybe a more solid movie all the way through because Wonder Woman has that third act that gets kind of weird. Yeah, but I don't weird. think Captain Marvel hits the highs that Wonder Woman does either. So no. they kind of balance out. It didn't have a battle. It didn't have the World War II battlefield that, scene. That No Man's Land scene in Wonder Woman, dude. Yeah, still one of the best. My jaw was on the floor yeah. the first time I saw that. But, uh, <laughs> so the ride is something that you know goes back pretty far with you, obviously, with 12 Gauge and stuff oh, yeah. that you guys did. What was, when was that? 2003? This will be the 15th anniversary. Good Lord. Man. Wow. Yeah. So that's why we put it all together is because of the 15th anniversary. Okay, We're okay. launching it almost to the day okay. of the 15 years. So that was my first question. Like, why go back to that well? But Yeah. Okay, so it's an anniversary kind of thing. Is it, It was it, so did it spawn from the anniversaries coming up, let's do something? Or was it like, I have an idea for something. Oh, and it's the 15th anniversary. That works out. It was totally the 15th anniversary. Oh, okay. Like gotcha. Kevin Gardner, who's the president of 12 Gauge. Yeah. He came, he's like, hey, the 15th anniversary is coming up. I think we should do something. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gave me like the basis of like, I think we should go back and revisit the character that we had in the very first book. Mm-hmm. Which and, the, which was the one you wrote, right? You right. did the first four? Right? I did the first two. Oh, yep. well, the first two. Okay. Yep. And it was, uh, yeah, Samantha Vega, who's a police detective in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So it, she was in, she was the main character in that one. And he's like, you know, it's been 15 years. Revisiting. Let's, oh, yeah. let's go back and revisit her, you know, kind of bring it full How circle. How many issues did they do, the original I mean, it's right. it's an anthology, so it's been coming out fairly regularly. Okay. Because we've got at least three trades worth of material. And that's okay. like five issues. So there's at least 15 issues out there. Okay. okay. I remember I looked it up on Comicsology and I couldn't remember. Where, yeah. But, uh, but it hasn't been like a, a monthly book. It's been more like, hey, when we get a chance. Because, you know, Kevin's always tried to put like really high quality talent on it. Mm-hmm. And you got to f- figure out when they're going to be available. For sure. How much can they do? That was a yeah. whole... Like when we first got started, um, you know, we had Brian Stelfreeze, Cully yeah. Hamner, Georges Genty and Dexter Vines, mm-hmm. and Jason Pearson. And they were like, we can't do more than, say, half an issue. Yeah. So that was the whole like, well, then we'll just write 11-page chapters for you, and we can still say we have Brian Stelfreeze doing For sure. I'm a big Stelfreeze <laughs> fan, <laughs> oh, yeah. too. I love, I love Brian. He's so good. Uh, and, and anthology books are good for stuff like that because it's like, oh yeah, we can just kind of everything kind of exists in its own little whatever. Just come in and do whatever you want to do, and yep. that drives creativity pretty well. Because it's, the, I, I wish there was more books like that. Because when you look at like the history of comics and stuff, that's what they were in the beginning. All of them were, and I think a lot of it's because they were they were harder to get one after the other. They were newsstand things, whatever. So a lot of times, you know, if you got issue four you probably wouldn't find issue five you'd get issue seven or eight or whatever so but i kind of miss those books so like i wish there was more like just go buy this book once a month or whatever and like you don't necessarily have to read the last one or the next one or whatever i mean there do you remember like during the time when dark horse presents was just like it was home run after home run after home run Mm -hmm. you know it was all it was three different stories in each one that's for 300 or not 300 uh sin city yep hellboy (laughs) <laughs> there was Predator and Alien in those. Concrete, which Look is still one of my favorites. franchises they got oh, yeah. out of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, those are fantastic. But anthologies admittedly don't sell well. Why do you think that is, though? Do you think it's because people don't know what to expect from it? So they don't, like, do you think people want to know what it is? Like, if I buy Batman, I kind of know what I'm getting for the most part. Yeah. I mean, that's the easier. I mean, obviously, it's not Marvel and DC. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's always a tough one. Um, Does it even sell less compared to other indie yeah. books, though? They've always they've always had a hard time. I think Dark Horse Presents might be the only one that's ever been successful that for bums me a out, long period. Though. Well, also, like, I mean, anthology series even anywhere hasn't been, like, super successful except for, like, I mean, you have Dark Mirror now, that's anthology. And then you have, um, like, other things that have spawned out of that, like, what was it, Love, Death, Robots? People mm-hmm. really liked that, too. Oh, yeah. And I think... I think maybe the anthology stories are maybe making a comeback. Like they're mm-hmm. coming into like popularity. People are liking them. So I maybe love that it'll formula. Do well I really do. Yeah. Maybe more of those will do well now. Who knows? Like Love Death Robots on Netflix. If anyone hasn't seen it, I-, I loved it just because it was like, hey, dude, here's a bunch of people that all got cool ideas for different animated things. Just let's just let them all do it. You got, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minute episodes. They were all really short and none of them were connected to the other ones. And no. Different animation styles, different tones, different, you know, some of them had a lot of dialogue. Some of them had no dialogue. And it was just really cool to watch through, like, they all were their own little stories. I, I love that formula. Of, like, here's just a bunch of creative people doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. I think I think a big part of it is if you don't have a reoccurring character, mm. people don't get attached. So mm-hmm. it's easy to drop off. Yeah. So if I've got to decide between that. my normal Superman book, even if I don't, don't necessarily like it, but mm-hmm. that's a book that I normally get and I'm invested in the character versus an anthology book where I can drop it at any point and I'm not missing anything. But yeah. you can also pick it up at any point too. So doesn't that kind of help it as well? Like, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Just don't keep back it's a 50-50 thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, but like when the new ones come out, even if it's issue 13 or whatever, you haven't read them all, like this, it, they all stand on their own or whatever. Like you just buy this book. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mm-hmm. love that kind of stuff. But a lot of people, like if they see fours on the stand and they don't have one, mm-hmm. they don't buy it. So they're going to think I need mentality, one. Man. Yeah. They want to start from the beginning. Numbering comic books may be the worst <laughs> idea ever because people, they can't help themselves. They just, you know, it's like yep. things got to be sorted, organized, and they got to have the full the full run of everything. I, I, I've, I've Just number all your anthologies, number one. <laughs> it's always number one always number one this number one this number one because even like ice cream man is mary's favorite comic book that's coming out now right. it, it, it's you know in a, in a sense in a, an anthology horror book where every issue is completely different from the previous one there's kind of this mysterious figure in the back that seems the to be pulling man. the strings at the end of every issue it's kind of like oh there he is kind of thing but you you they don't reference the you other don't issues have to really read yeah yeah you can read any of them on their own, mm-hmm. yeah, and stuff. And I, I love that because like I look forward to that book coming out because I'm like I don't even know what this is going to be this time, but let's let's dig in. And yeah. you usually have some protagonist of that issue that's like we're going to follow this guy and watch his life go to crap for thirty pages or whatever, you know. And, and it's wildly entertaining. <laughs> and at the end, it's like there's that ice cream man again, da, 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 you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's, but I do think it's a tougher sell because I mean, think about. Even if you look at it in TV shows, mm-hmm. people will watch all eight epi- all eight seasons of a TV show. They binge it, mm-hmm. even though they don't like it after season two. Yeah, yeah. And so you continue to Just do not that. Like that. Yeah, really, really I'm not, not either. Yeah. yeah, I'll drop a no. I'll drop a comic or a series in a heartbeat if I stop liking it. I watched the first three episodes of Stranger Things and I stopped watching it because I didn't like it. Yeah. It wasn't my thing, and that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever feel yourself kind of go on to like autopilot? with comics sometimes like 
like if it's a book like say if it's like spider-man even if you really like spider-man or whatever and you're really liking what they're doing sometimes i feel like i i get not really numb to it but like i'm just like oh just kind of reading it like okay whatever like with an anthology book or something that is different from issue to issue i feel like i'm more on my toes more paying attention to it a little bit extra because i'm like man what is this gonna be because your they whole story do? is contained in yeah. the one and it, yeah. like the spider-man one like i know it's gonna be but i kind of know the beats i know mm-hmm. where they kind of go and stuff so like I, I it makes me more aware of things that are going on because i feel like I, i'm caught off guard more by yeah. those kind of things so. and that's true i mean it's you know if you read an anthology and you know like i mean look at twilight zones right mm-hmm. yeah i mean when you're watching the twilight ultimate Zone, anthology yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be paying attention because mm-hmm. it's going to happen in that 30 minutes mm-hmm. yeah and there's going to be and if you don't watch the show and pay attention you're going to miss something yeah. Oh, yeah and at the end you're gonna be like wait what <laughs> yeah but if you're watching I mean, like MASH, maybe the greatest TV show of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is one me and Mary. I love I MASH. I wouldn't say it's the greatest, but I do love MASH. Um, I mean, but you knew it. I just need to of... give it another chance. Maybe. I don't know. It's never been my <laughs> Bored by it. I don't know. And that's fair. But I mean, you knew Alan Alda was going to be back next week. Yeah. You know the characters. You know this because it's, it's all set in one place, MASH. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know where they're going to be, who's going to show up kind of what they're you know, the brand of humor they use which you could say for most shows but yeah, yeah that show's not going to surprise you on a week no. basis so yeah. versus like she was saying like black mirror or twilight zone or something where it's mm-hmm. like yeah you can't skip anything no yeah like if you're watching a soap opera and somebody's in a coma <laughs> you can <laughs> probably skip past you know a few minutes even though it wasn't really him <laughs> maybe, that it was in the coma a- it was this twin brother that was actually in the coma yeah you maybe be able to skip a couple of years and come back and and they're back in a coma again exactly so, yeah <laughs> dude you got to give mad respect to those though that have stayed on the air for so long how the hell oh yeah honestly like especially in this age of tv where like shows don't get to last anymore yeah you know like how the hell have those shows stayed on for 40 years yeah and i mean it's funny because i mean it's you can go and watch them and you're like wow people are addicted to these Mm -hmm. and they're not well done i mean oh no and they're shoestring budget shows so i mean that's part of the reason they get to stay on for so long because they're made for so cheap yeah but i mean you're talking about actors who have done that maybe for their entire lives yeah like some it's, of those actors have been born paycheck, on that show. Probably. It might yeah. not be the highest paying job, but you're a consistent paycheck. And yeah. not like you got to try that hard. But I mean, you have like, a dedicated fan base. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it isn't, isn't going to go on forever because they've already announced the final scene. But you look at something like Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Or think about all the kids on that show. Oh, did they? they like, they're going to end? Oh, I didn't yeah. know they were going to end. I think that next season's the last season. Oh. And like, Big Bang Theory's finally done. That was yeah. what, 12 finally. seasons or so. But, but like <laughs> Lily, the character on... Modern Family. I mean, she's been on that show since she was a baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and that show could probably keep going. Oh, yeah. yeah. But soap operas do it all the time, right? I mean, there's people that have been born on that show that are still on that show. <laughs> that yeah. are like the grandparents yeah. in the show now. They're like 60. <laughs> and they're still on That's that same insane. show. I just, I don't know how they stay on when it's like, the, the excuse they used to use was like, yeah, they were the soaps for like the stay-at-home moms while they're mm-hmm. there doing their laundry or whatever, whatever. But like, those days aren't really here anymore. A lot of women are out working and stuff, whatever, like not home during the day anymore. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't stay at home moms anymore, but not in the numbers they used to be. So who the hell are watching these damn shows? <laughs> and now you have all, you know, back then there was three channels. Yeah. So, and you're competing with Netflix and stuff. Now who's yeah. watching those shows? Who's watching those shows? I have no clue. Are they being put on Netflix? <laughs> 
Not yet. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have their own. But everyone's getting a streaming service now. They'll probably launch their own, like soaps. <laughs> yep. It's just all the soaps. soaps. Yep. Because <laughs> everyone, we're all gonna be, we're all canceling cable. We're just gonna be paying the same amount for cable. Oh yeah. That we, you know, these streaming services will just be sending our money to other places. No, it's like ten bucks for every one of them, and it's like if you want. You know, five or six of them, and you're like, "Well, there's my cable bill." Yep. You know, you're like, I got, "I'm, I'm still in the green right now." So if, yeah. as of right now, I still like it because I mean, our cable bill is like 140 a month. Yeah. When we when we cut it, and I think we're maybe like 40 to 50 bucks right now yeah. on like four streaming services we have. So I'm like, as of right now, we're still looking good. <laughs> but as that thing continues to build, oh yeah. But even stuff, I'm not deal with commercials and all that. So I'm like, ah, I still feel like I'm coming off on top. Yeah. You know. Well, depending on what's you know. Like, I know I've got the, uh, is it CBS that does Star Trek? Star Trek, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one streaming service that nobody wants, but everyone pays for for one damn show, dude. And so, <laughs> because I won't pay the extra four bucks, I still have to watch commercials. <laughs> oh, I would, it's four bucks extra? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't pay that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, no. Like, I'm, like, like Hulu, I think is $2 more. It's like 10, 10 bucks for the normal one or is like that 12. Is Big Brother's on? 12. CBS is, is yeah. yeah, Big Brother. Yeah, because it's like six ninety nine or something like that, or yeah. it was at the time when I when we were. I think it's five ninety nine. Five ninety nine for the basic, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. the one that comes with commercials that you can't skip. Yeah, I get that one when we watch Big Brother. Like yeah. I pay the two dollars more on Hulu for no commercials. I don't know if I'd pay four or five dollars. Yeah, more, I think the, the premium is like nine ninety nine. That's yeah, like, it's like meh. Yeah. I can deal with some commercials. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really mind commercials that much. But like, I know with Hulu, if you don't have the regular one. It bothers me because it's the same ones. That's like, like yeah. at least rotate them around. Yeah, it's, you know who's getting ridiculous with that is YouTube. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times I have watched that. It I can't believe it's not butter commercial with the lady <laughs> who's like, "You got too much butter." Relax. It's I can't believe it's not butter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. Oh. Nobody is getting what they thought they were getting out of this podcast. It's like, oh yeah, Doug, <laughs> Doug's coming back. We're talking about comic books. They were off on soap operas. About it. Yeah, soap operas, and it's not butter. It's all right. <laughs> so Two things I still can't believe are around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah seriously. I remember when the, do they still have the spray? Do you remember when they had the spray? Oh yeah, the yeah. spray. Is butter. that still a thing? We're I don't think they make those anymore. Butter. Dude, I've, I remember even as a kid, I was like, that can't be right. Like, yeah. <laughs> that can't be good. Whatever's in that bottle is <laughs> They show like the commercials with like a piece of toast and they just like, psh, psh, like spraying the butter Listen, on there. That that spray butter's good. It might have tasted I good. I don't know. spray it in my mouth. Oh, no. Are you serious? <laughs> That's <did>. disgusting. <laughs> did, like did. completely coat it and like make it impenetrable. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, but yeah, come on now. You know, you did the same thing with like cheese whiz out of oh, a can. Che- oh yeah, cheese. I mean, yeah. I cheese is eight. one thing. Come it wasn't on, cheese. Yeah, like cheese. cheese. Cheese whiz, no. Or peanut butter, cheese. which is Doug's thing, right? Just oh, yeah, shoveling the peanut. peanut you still yeah. on peanut the peanut butter, butter kick? No, I haven't done peanut butter in a while. Oh, okay, so, that's yeah, good. Kind of backing off a little bit. That's good. <laughs> peanut butter. You've seen the the new. <laughs> we're just going all over the place. You've seen like the new the new Reese's that they have now that they they divide them. So there's like they're doing like. That's their promo thing they're doing. But there's the chocolate lovers Reese's and the peanut butter lovers Reese's. So there's there's like ones that's like the chocolate with the peanut butter on the inside, and there's another one that's peanut butter with chocolate on the inside now. Okay. So like you can you can flip flop them. Like that's actually a pretty brilliant idea. <laughs> like damn. You. Well, it's like Twix and they're left and right. Oh yeah. You know, it's like Remember like when Mike and Ike were fighting? Like, yeah. <laughs> some of the shit they come up with. Oh, but I... when you're those companies have been around as long as they have. I, I mean, I guess you have to do. You come up with something, something. that yeah makes people mm. start talking about you, just like we're doing. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you notice like the the ones that don't need it are the ones that don't. You know what I mean? Like I feel like McDonald's probably run, runs less ads probably than most other like fast food chains. Oh yeah. And and even still they probably run way more than they need to. It well, who needs to advertise for McDonald's? Who's yeah. not aware of McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like when you have everybody in your in the palm of your hand already at that point, do you really even need to keep reminding I mean, I don't know if they'd spend the money unless they had some kind of proof that they show that it does result in more sales so obviously they know more than i do but just yeah. from my perspective i'm like what do you need to run commercials for you're well, mcdonald's man you're yeah. on every corner you have all you have them already yeah and the only time you ever see them doing commercials is when they try something new that never works usually yeah usually yeah. or the mcrib is back yeah once a year or whatever <laughs> they do here's our peppermint shake oh and some people like come out of the woodwork for that thing the mcrib is back it's like, man, like that that's like on their calendar, man. They wait for that all year yeah. long. It's like I think I tried that thing one time and I was like, I don't know what meat this is. <laughs> I remember trying it one time and it was squeaking when I was chewing it. <laughs> it's like gamey almost yeah. like oh and I was like Why are we talking about the big rib? <laughs> this not? isn't meat. Like meat shouldn't squeak. So we do have a listener question. Somebody listening? Are we live? No. Oh. oh yeah. This is when we announce. <laughs> okay. So we do yeah. have a question. Um oh yeah, it's our buddy Brandon. He 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 likes to uh he he's he's a big fan of yours, I think. But he's been a good uh listener of the podcast, I think since uh since our first go around with you. So oh, he's, nice. he's been a pretty good faithful guy. I don't know if this is a question you want to answer. Uh oh. Well <laughs> just because uh, you know, I don't wanna spoil things for you future down the road. But basically he's asking, what's what's a story that you'd always wanted to do but never did or something that you I'm just, the what's, the, what's the craziest story idea you had but never wrote or whatever so i don't you know wanted well, that used to be plastic but oh were you, sit, were you <laughs> sitting on that thing for a, a oh, good yeah. little while yeah. okay um man the craziest story because you still I may do it someday yet. so i don't know if i want, yeah. want you to spoil your stuff but i don't know i mean it, if there's one thing i would love to do at one point it would probably be x-men but that's oh, just okay. because i grew up with x-men mm-hmm. that was my book when mm-hmm. i was a kid do you would have you, a pitch ready though or no, or you, no. Okay. Oh. no. Uh. <laughs> mostly because i know that it's always morphing right i mean mm-hmm. now you got jonathan hickman who's going to kind of redefine it and see what goes i'm actually there. pretty interested in that oh yeah me too i haven't given a damn about the x-men in quite a while but that that's like okay you guys got my attention now yeah i mean i so i have always I've come up with different pitches over the years, but it's mm-hmm. always like something changes or a char- they've changed the, the roster character changes. Or yeah. Uh, or they, they do something with them and you're like, Oh, my story wouldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So, but that, yeah, getting, getting a chance to do like a run on the X-Men would be a lot of fun. X-Men, like the canon of that changes probably more than most other comic properties, which is always funny because they love to bring Claremont back. Mm-hmm. You know, like once a year for some kind of annual or whatever, but like you can tell Claremont hasn't read any X Men since he stopped writing X Men. <laughs> right. So like they're always like set in that time frame with that team or whatever. It's like they're they're so out of place. Like yeah, like Claremont's not gonna keep up with the X Men because who could? Oh yeah, all these years. But it's like yeah, he he's not gonna. I mean, and the people that are buying that book, that's probably what they want from him anyways. Is they want that flavor of X Men. But right. I just, I always find that kind of funny because it's like. Yeah, you could tell he's not keeping up with all that. You can tell he has. <laughs> yeah, he's just I'm gonna write the X Men I want to write. You know, I just write the ones I remember. Yep. So, ah, that's. But so, like with the ride going back to do that, it's with Daniel, right? Yes. Which is awesome. And it's gonna be five issues. Five issues. Cool. Which is kind of your that's your normal. 
Well, that's that's the sweet spot for most miniseries. Mm-hmm. Usually what you'll see is is once you get to six and seven, the books are just barely breaking even or losing money. Oh, really? So five okay. issues is perfect because then not only do you ha- you know, you're not losing money in those mm-hmm. first five issues, but then they're perfect to put in a trade too. Oh yeah. It's so such you, an easy sell. Oh yeah. You go seven or eight, you're not gonna be able to do a trade with that. Yeah. I mean you can, but it's a little bit thicker. Oh, and yeah. now you gotta charge Twenty four ninety nine for it instead of sixteen ninety nine or, or whatever you know. However, they come up with the price points for these. If it's Marvel, it's probably twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, with, with a book like Plastic or The Hard Place or something, it's so easy. Like here it is, right here, boom, yeah. that's it. The whole thing, right here, beginning to end, and you can read it in like a half hour, forty five minutes. You know <laughs> yep. what I mean? I, it, I I love it for that because th- those are my go to things when I'm like I I want a new indie book to try because I don't feel like it's like a commitment that I need to get. Right. You know what I mean? When it's like, oh, yeah, this series is really, really good. It's like, yeah, but if I start, like, once I start something, I can't really just walk away from it. Sometimes, like, those books are nice. Like, I just want, that's a nice little breath of fresh air for me. Like, oh, plastic. Like, okay, cool. I read something. Like, okay, now I can, you know. It's not something you have to add to your monthly. Yeah. Yeah. And now you feel like, okay, well, now I've committed to this till it's over. You know what I mean? I mean, that makes sense. What's different about this one, though, is it's also so Daniel and I are doing sixteen pages in each book. That's going to be the main story. Okay. And then each one has a six-page backup. All right. So we've got Adam Hughes doing the first one. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So yes, he that's actually nice. drew six pages. So it's yeah. interior work as nice. well as a cover. No wonder it took so long. To yeah. <laughs> um, Chris Bruner. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chris Bruner, but like he's he's an artist. Artist. He's incredible. Okay. He's going to be doing the second one. Tully Hamner is scheduled to do the third one. Tom Coker is going to do the fourth one. And then we've got a new person we've discovered that's going to do okay. the fifth one. And so they're all six-page story. or Yeah, six-page, like, standalone stories. Is anybody doing variant covers and stuff, too? Oh, yeah. Or, okay. Every, everyone has, like, so Daniel's doing a cover for the book for the main story. Mm-hmm. And then everybody that's doing a backup will be doing a, a variant oh, cover based awesome. on their six-pager. That's awesome. So you got a freaking Hughes cover for one of your books? Oh, now? yeah. That's pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, it's it's pretty hot too. I'd be I'd be talking talking them out of that original page somehow. <laughs> saying, what do I got to do, man? <laughs> I because uh, I wrote it specifically for him. Um, I'm pretty sure that's out of my price range. So, <laughs> do you have anything from your books though? Do you have any? Did Daniel give you any plastic pages oh, yeah. or anything? Yeah, okay. usually I go for covers. Oh, okay. those are my favorite. That's cool. Do you have your head cover? No, I don't. Oh, I was like, that, that that'd be the Dang. one to have, right? I know. Here, yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. No, yeah, that's so, true. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be a lot of fun because uh, the main stories, like we talked about, is about mm-hmm. De- Detective Vega. And if you haven't read the first one, you don't have to read it to understand this story. Okay. Because she's coming out of prison. That's good for people to know. Yeah. She's coming out of prison in this one. So she's been mm-hmm. in prison for 15 years. Going right. along with the 15th anniversary and that kind of stuff. Of course. So now she's a bouncer and an eclectic dance club. So we've got a guy who's dressed up as Sailor Moon. <laughs> we've got a girl who's completely covered in spandex. We've got a one armed angel. We've got a dwarf who is completely hairless and covered in piercings. <laughs> so, you know, we're having all this fun stuff. But what's cool about that is those are the backup characters. So oh. every story is going to be kind of like an origin story. One of those guys. For oh, one of those okay. guys. So Adam's first one is about Sparkles, who's a girl that dresses up in a unicorn onesie. And that's her dance. That's what she dances. Okay, and that's, and, that's the, and that's the image we've seen. Yes. That, okay. And so her, the six-page story is kind of like, where did this onesie come from? Yeah. 
What's the <laughs> is that is that the cover for the first issue? That, yes. Okay, that's that's an awesome image. Oh yeah, too. it's fantastic. That is sweet. Okay, well that that's good to get some context for some of that. <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah, that is that is awesome. Oh yeah, Adam killed that cover. So it's just oh, yeah. gorgeous. Adam's the bomb, dude. Oh yeah. Well, we were kind of you know I mean I've known Adam for a really long time probably. 20, 25 years. Right on. He's a pretty cool guy. Oh, yeah. He's a really nice guy. It's always nice to know that guys are nice. That you, yeah. You know, it's like, ah, oh, it makes me feel good on the inside to know this person I look up to is nice in, yeah. in person. Well, he did the covers for the first ride, the mm-hmm. first two issues of the ride. So we wanted to see if he wanted to be a part of the mm-hmm. ride again, that being the 15th anniversary. And he was on board yeah. from the get-go. It was really cool. Like, we, we approached with, like, we'd definitely like you to do a cover, mm-hmm. but would you be interested in doing a six-pager? He's like, mm, what's it about? Yeah. So then I told him, you know, it was about sparkles mm-hmm. and where the uniform. Because guys like him don't from. have to do interiors anymore, right? You know what I mean? They just, they just don't have. Oh to. yeah, and he agreed and did it on time and mm-hmm. like it's how absolutely gorgeous. How the hell did Todd McFarlane get J. Scott Campbell to come do interiors for Spawn? I don't know how he talked him into that because he just doesn't do it anymore. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure you know there's some. You know, I think with creatives like with Adam, he's interested in doing stuff that's different. Mm-hmm. And so we, I gave him a story that was really, it's in his wheelhouse, but I added some things. I'm like, listen, you do sexy and there's no doubt like oh, you yeah. do sexy maybe better than anybody, mm-hmm. but I'm going to add a little mix of weird and horror in here. Ooh, and he's know. like, oh, and so, right. yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> let's take it a little bit farther. And I think they're looking for something different. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do just stuff that's in their wheelhouse. Yeah. And yeah, it's not artistically the same thing about, pleasing anymore. Yeah. Well, think about just Scott Campbell, like yeah. Spawn. Yeah. Like this is Gen thirteen guy. This is oh, yeah. you, know, you know Battle Chasers guy. Like for sure, he's gonna do spawns. I think there was like a you know besides obviously I'm sure Todd was painting really well. Oh but yeah. At the same time you're like and according to Todd he he said that he wouldn't. He said he had a bunch of people come to hit because Spawn's gonna hit three hundred mm-hmm. and it's gonna be the longest running independent comic of all time, which is which is cool. Oh yeah. And he said he had a bunch of artists come to him say hey I want to do a cover or whatever and he, and that was his rule. He said no one gets to do a cover unless they're doing at least a backup or so because it's going to be a bunch of i think little stories in spot yeah. it's going to be like a big ten dollar book it's 80 huh. pages or whatever like capullo's doing the bulk of it todd's actually doing interiors for mm-hmm. some of it uh scott snyder's co-writing it which is it's it's going to be nuts man yeah. but j scott campbell i guess was one of those that probably said hey i'd like to do a cover and i guess that was his rule like if you're if you're on the book you're on the book yeah so i'm like wow that's i i just didn't think he'd ever come doing because he well, i can't remember the last thing he did interiors for but it's been a while yeah but well, especially something like spawn 300 i'm sure he was like i'd like to be a part of that history too oh yeah you know which i mean it's funny because like 300 is going to be the big deal issue because it's the sexy number like 301 is the the real one that breaks the you know right because cerebus went to 300 when spawn hits 301 it becomes the longest running independent book of all time yeah but 300 will be the ten dollar one that's got yeah. all the covers and everything to well, it i mean when you're looking at the speculator market 301 is not gonna oh yeah that's not the one that's gonna blow out you know it's mm-hmm. unless, It'll be 300. yeah everybody's 300 is a nice easy number that people and i never remember. understand any of that language too like appearances and cameo appearances none of that stuff ever makes sense to me and i and i argue with charles about this sometimes because i just think it's stupid you know it's like spider-man 300 is the one that's worth money you know what i mean that's the one that's the first appearance of Venom, but right. Venom is on the last page of Spider-Man 299, and it's a splash page. It's a full page thing of, you know, but yeah, but that's a, considered a cameo appearance. 
But like, but that's his that's his first appearance yeah, in the book. His, that's his first it official counts. appearance. Yeah, that should count. But that's not. The, I mean, two ninety nine is maybe worth a couple. I'm sure it's worth more than you're not gonna find in a dollar bin by right. any means. But three hundred is the one that's worth six hundred dollars or whatever it is mm-hmm. now. Especially after that movie that for some reason people liked. <laughs> it's just like I don't. know, That doesn't make sense to me. I I I find that's why I just I stay out of the speculator stuff. I'm like oh, I don't yeah. I don't understand the game. I don't play it. <laughs> I just read stuff that I like. Yeah, that's really dumb to me. Like, well, that one doesn't count. That's a cameo appearance. Like these stupid little terms they come up with. Mm-hmm. Like you're either in the book or you're not. I can understand like if you're premiering a new character and you see like their silhouette or something on the last page, and then they don't show up to the next issue or whatever. Like they kind of tease it. Yeah. But, like like Venom is in a splash page on that last issue, in the light, everything. Here's Venom. Boom. Right. Like I, I don't know. There's my rant on that. I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, it is weird. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah. you're right. Two ninety nine is the first appearance of Venom. It should be. Yeah, it you know, is. But like, they can call it whatever they want. But it's like, the first appearance. But ask Google right now. What's the first appearance of Venom? It'll tell you Amazing Spider-Man three hundred. Yeah, it, it, it's stupid. It's yeah. really stupid. I don't know. I can't explain that. I can't mindset either. either. Yeah, it's cool to team back up with Daniel again, though. I'm sure. To... Oh yeah, and Laura Martin's coloring it. Oh, same. Yeah, the uh, same colorist on plastic. Which is great. Um, the whole book just has a good look. Has a great, yeah. That's a great colorist. Know. Yeah. And I'm telling, I mean, like, the backups. Is Daniel um, Ink, too, then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. he's a pencil inkler. Yeah. Oh, okay. He inks his own stuff. Cool. I think you've seen that a lot now, huh? Most, yeah. Most of them ink their own stuff. Well, it's, it's easier, I know, for, uh, like, I've seen Brian work. Cully Hamner works the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think Daniel does. Daniel actually still does full pencils before he inks. But, like, Brian and Cully, they do layouts. Once their layout's approved, they go straight to inks. Oh, really? Yeah just for time's sake oh yeah it's faster it's easier is there more incentive to do that on an indie book too because it's like that's one less person you got to pay to have an inker as well if you have the pencil and the inker as the same person i mean for me it's easier because then (laughs) i'll have another person on the team that i have to manage okay so it definitely takes a lot of it does take pressure off of me less communication it's one person you got to talk to wrangling even an artist colorist and letterer Mm -hmm. is enough for me because, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're using people that are good, mm-hmm. they have other things on their schedule, like Laura and mm-hmm. Ed Dukeshire, who we use to letter all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, so you got to call them up and go, okay, do you have any availability in the next couple of weeks? What's mm-hmm. that look like? You know, oh, we have a few changes, For you sure. know. So, yeah, you got to find out when that time is. And, you know, so you're wrangling schedules and looking at the calendar and going, so when's this book supposed to be turned mm-hmm. in? You know, like those yeah. kind of things. Which is why I like to have a lot of stuff done way in advance. For sure. Yeah. So, I think Daniel. A peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel had. You and Daniel have such a good working relationship oh, yeah. by this point too. So. Yeah. I love working with Daniel. He's fantastic. Oh, he is so good. Man. Yeah. Um, but I think he was through. I think he only had four pages left of number five when we solicited number one. Oh, man. Is he, is he a pretty pretty quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. He's a beast. That's crazy. Yeah. He'll, you know, he almost does a page a day every day. And um, if he doesn't, he calls and apologizes. I'm like, dude, oh, like you're doing four or five, six, seven pages a week. Like mm-hmm. you're fine. You never have to call and say, I need a day off. And consistently <laughs> good too. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I was just listening not too long ago about, uh, let's into a thing with Chip Zdarsky talking about that Spider-Man book that he's doing with Bagley. And he's like, the, the amount of pages that Bagley is sending over to him at just a constant and there, and none of them ever look rushed or everything is so solid and tight on all those pages. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Talent. <laughs> I get it. I mean, but there's a lot of talent out there that can't do that. Oh, yeah. You know, 
I see, think see there there's a bar there's there's talent and then there's just like a, above talent and then like, you got <laughs> and then you got like jack, gifted you got jack kirby at his peak was doing 70 pages a month there you go and you'd be hard pressed to find crappy kirby pages too i mean they were all you know it was a different style back then obviously oh yeah but i mean what a workhorse dude well i think with bagley and kirby i think an advantage they have they had um is they can let it go mm-hmm. so they're like this page is done it's out yeah yeah and i think a lot of artists like oh that panel doesn't look good enough let me redraw it oh okay. so i think tweaking with their own stuff exactly, too much you know that, that might be because you got to be good or else you get people hating on you like how people hate on rob liefeld oh yeah <laughs> i mean, also people like him as well but Oh, he I mean, does get a lot of hate. Oh, he gets a ton of hate. <laughs> he does, but man, any con he shows up at, though, you better plan on waiting in line for a good while to, if you want to meet Rob Liefeld. Yep. Like he, he has got a dedicated fan base. It's, it's, I the the people that hate on him, I just always I laugh because I'm like, there's no. First off, you don't know him. Yeah. Second, how can you hate a guy who's clearly one of the most successful comic book artists of our generation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. hands down. Yeah. For like better, a, for like for better or worse, yeah. like whether you like his stuff or not, it's yeah, completely mm-hmm. irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that are hating on him that are like, "Can can you even draw? Yeah, <laughs> please, yeah. please draw something." Well, look at Major X. Oh yeah, oh I mean, god, yeah. To with, get him to come back and create a new character, yeah. But the first two issues sold out. Oh yeah, he's popular. He's but, doing something. Yeah. Right. He's got, well, he's got a built-in base that was going to buy that book no matter yeah. no oh, matter yeah. what. True. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could have been even. I mean, him coming back to X Men is a little bit more special but i mean they could have put him on anything you know coming back to the big two and you know he did that hawk and dove series in mm-hmm. the two that was pretty terrible but i mean people bought it yeah and from what i heard like at dc you remember because he was doing like covers for four books for the yeah. 52 yeah he was doing deathstroke covers and he was, yeah yeah hawk and dove I, I can't remember what other ones he did but yeah he was doing quite a bit i heard that for every cover he does, the book sells twenty thousand more copies. Really? So I believe that. But yeah, but insane. all you ever hear is hate. Oh, he can't draw this. He can't draw that. This looks horrible. The the famous Captain America barrel chest one. You oh know, you're yeah. Like, but you see it all the time, don't you? Oh yeah. It's it, always that, online. That's the thing. It like how many like how many good pieces of art are as famous yeah. as that piece of art is? Yeah. yeah. So like hate on them while you. I mean. I think we all participate in a little bit of the like, oh yeah, Rob Liefeld, you know, we've seen the feet, whatever, we've seen all that, whatever. Like at the end of the day, like who I'm a dude sitting in a in a room recording a podcast. Yeah. He's a guy that's gonna see way more money than I've ever seen. Oh yeah. I mean I'm sure and he's still a more, multimillionaire. Oh yeah, yeah. Way more success. Still got those Wrangler jeans. Yeah. Money coming <laughs> in. He's, he's been in the movie. How many comic book artists get to have a uh <laughs> ad campaign for jeans and he, well, he was on like, a couple late night shows too oh, yeah i mean all so, those yeah. guys were rock stars dude, oh yeah jim lee mcfarland Sylvester, all those guys oh yeah it's insane I, yeah i don't understand the hate i just you know i'm like yeah i mean i don't know them so i can't say mm-hmm. you know i mean i've heard yeah good things bad things you know but you know just to hate him because he you don't mm-hmm. like his arts like well, he was one that when we went to the con in Vegas last summer, he was like their big guest, their biggest one, I get. And, you know, I'm not like the biggest Liefeld fan on the planet, but it was kind of like, oh, this, you know, like I, I, I'd like to meet Liefeld, whatever. But the line was just too crazy. And it yeah. was like, I don't like 
<laughs> you know, like if I was a big, big fan, I would have done it. You know, like if it was Todd out there, like, okay, put me down. I'll stand here all day or whatever, but. Stand in line for six hours. You know, because I, I even brought <laughs> I even brought some some books for him and stuff. Oh. I took some down there, but then just like, in case I didn't realize how crazy the the fans were for him. It's like, yeah, man, this guy has got a crazy following. Yeah, well, especially after the Deadpool movies. I mean, oh yeah, which is so weird to me because like again, not to take like too much from him, but it's like the version of Deadpool that you like is not Rob Liefeld's Deadpool. Yeah. Really, it's you know. Joe Kelly's Deadpool is the one that most people, I think, recognize now. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, Liefeld designed the costume. You oh, can't, yeah. can't take, I mean, it's, it's a kick-ass design. Mm-hmm. It, from the first time you see it, like, that looks cool. Yep. But the whole, the, the stuff people like about Deadpool, the randomness, the humor, mm-hmm. the fourth wall stuff, none of that stuff was there when Liefeld yeah. was doing any of that stuff. You know, Cable's a kick-ass design. Domino's a kick-ass design. But, yeah. You know. Well, we have veered off topic a lot. <laughs> it's, at least we're talking about comic books, though. True. You know, we haven't seen Doug in a little while. Sometimes <laughs> got to catch up on stuff. It's just yeah. good. To, yeah, it's just got to catch up on stuff. Well, I mean, plus it's also hard too because it's like to talk about a book that's not out yet because we obviously don't want to spoil any of it. But uh, what one of the questions I asked people, you know, when they come, when like Phil was here to promote the freeze, and we've done, uh, you know, other different creators who come on would promote books that are coming out. This is the question I usually go to. Uh-oh. So just, just to, I always like to test your salesmanship here. A What's bit. your pitch? So like <laughs> it, it, in an age when I'm walking into a comic book store yeah. on any given Wednesday and you're competing with every single book that's sitting on the shelf, you know, on June 12th, whatever. Why? Why that book? If if Man. I if you know, I mean, most people probably have what, you know, 15, 20 bucks a week or whatever they can spend on right. comic books or maybe I don't know, maybe a little bit more. But because I'm definitely not a salesperson. You know? And I mean, you've seen me at shows like I don't push. <laughs> You know, I'm not like, hey, do you like comics? You're, yeah. You need to read this. So, you know, I mean. Because your material is kind of niche, too. So it's harder to put, you know, a book like Plastic. It's yeah. a, not a general audience book. Like, hey, kids. Yeah. You want to buy Spider-Man or Plastic? But if I'm going <laughs> to buy some books, why yours, I guess? Yeah. Um, you know, what I usually ask people is, um, what are you into? Mm-hmm. So it really depends. That's where it boils down to. Because if they're like, I'm into Spider-Man and Superman. Okay, it was nice knowing you. Not in a bad way, <laughs> but nice you know, you. but it's like you don't need to buy my. I don't even need to talk to need to talk yeah. to you about my book. But if you like, what I'm calling this one is kind of like fetish noir. Mm-hmm. So if you like <laughs> crime, you Put like that on the cover. Yeah, you like crime, <laughs> you like action, and you like weirdness. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like this book. It's about a detective or a former detective who's just getting out of prison who's now working with the strangest group of characters I think I've ever put in a book. Mm-hmm. And everything goes wrong. And so now here's a person who used to be a detective, who's used to working in a certain segment of society, who's now depending on people that maybe nobody would normally Mm -hmm. depend on to help her solve something. Okay. So, you know, again, it's a crime book Mm -hmm. with strange characters in it. That's awesome. Yeah. So that that really excites me because, like, I mean, you've got a lot of work under your belt at this point, but I think, you know, a lot of people go to the hard place in plastic just because they're the most recent ones. And right. like plastic was such a highly, you know, it, it got a lot of uh, attention. Yes. It was obviously. well received. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that really excites me because like, I really love plastic for the weirdness of it and the horror parts of it, you know, but I really love the hard place too, because I do like that crime aspect of it. And somebody, you know what I mean? So, so you're putting them together. Yeah, yeah, I like, awesome. like, I like that you're going to do a little bit more with stuff like that. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I mean, I, I, 
when I read the hard place and stuff, it's like I do kind of miss some of that weirdness and off the wall. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I kind of like this little place that we're in, too. So I don't know. I like to see if we can get kind of this perfect little chocolate in my peanut butter kind of thing yeah. going on over here. And th- honestly, that's I mean, it, some of that was came from exactly what you're you're saying. Like when Kevin pitched it to me and said, hey, let's do a 15th anniversary. I want to do something with this original character. And I said, but I want to do something that at least visually when mm-hmm. people look at it, they go, this is different. Mm-hmm. And so that was key to me. So that's where I was like, you know, Daniel's Daniel, a good part of that. Oh, yeah. Well, we sat down and racked our brains trying to come up with like making sure every dancer we had in this club mm-hmm. was addressed a fetish of some sort. And also was just weird. Like it was like. Why you go to this dance club because you want to see things that you can't find anywhere else? Yeah, it's not a strip club; it's a dance club. Mm-hmm. So, like, is it kind of like a hole in the wall kind of place, though? Or I mean, it's not a bad place. I mean, we kind of base it off of some of those the strip clubs that are in Atlanta. Okay, so, you know, obviously no windows, you yeah. know that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. But you know, there's male dancers, there's female dancers, there's dancers you can't tell. You know, <laughs> yeah. like sparkles. It's just you. a place for the weird, right? Right. And on. so, like, trying to address that and like, okay, you know, one of my Big ones, I've always loved um, those pictures of Victoria's Secret models that like have angel wings. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I got to have an angel in it. And I was like, but it just can't be just any angel. So if she's, you know, we're still going to make her sexy. But, oh, by the way, she shaves her head and she only has one arm. So then it's like, wait a minute, is this sexy? I don't know. So we wanted to kind of play with that. And we're going to get backstories on all them, too. Oh, yeah. We find out what happened to her arm. So. Yep. Okay. So could you say this book, we're going to be taking like a wild and strange ride? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like the fun there. I like it. Yes. Might give you a nice burning desire. <laughs> Hopefully not after you hooked up with one of the dancers. No, no. Yeah, no, you don't want to You don't want desire. any be any burning after yeah. that. Hopefully not. But, well, uh, hopefully, you know, I won't give too much away, but burning desire is not only the name of the club, but is actually kind of the theme of the whole story. Mm-hmm. So you'll see like that all ties in together. Oh, okay. So hopefully it works. You know, okay. that's all you can hope. Right on. So we got June. So that means what? Finishing up in like October yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming out monthly. Yeah, so my not here. Yeah, I mean, it's mine <laughs> either. Um, yeah, it comes out every month. And like I said, I mean, it, like, I can tell you the the backups, the scary part is like we're starting with Adam Hughes. We knew that one was going to sell well. I mean, it's Adam That's Hughes. a good way to have him on number one. Right. Though. Like, smart short to have his cover and his backup on the first issue. Yeah. Because you, and all you can do is just hope that the he people that picked around. it up just for him were intrigued enough by it to come back. Right. You hope they like what because you know. I purposely wanted all the art and the stories, especially the backups, to feel completely different from one another. So going from Adam Hughes to Chris Bruner like is that. like night and day. Mm-hmm. But their stories called for it. So like Adam's got kind of like this super sexy horror story, mm-hmm. and then Chris Bruner's got like this really moody, um, kind of like crime story that's in six pages. Mm-hmm. And so you get to find out why one character wears a complete covering of spandex. So that her story is like in that one, mm-hmm. you know, and then you, and then you switch to Cully Hammer and you know, Cully Hammer's work. I mean, you know, he did the signal and that kind of stuff. And he's doing like the story of, we call him bunny foo-foo because <laughs> he wears a uh, black leather underwear and mm. bunny ears. That's all he wears. <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. You know, so like you're going to find out why. And I don't know if, I think they've already released the cover for that one. Um, and it's like a little stuffed bunny that's covered in blood. It's mm-hmm. got a hand grenade in its lap. Oof. And you're like, What's I like going that on? idea because like everyone's everybody has their own story. So right. doing it in different styles really 
adds to that. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. You know, and I know it's a chance. You know, obviously going from somebody like Adam to Chris to Cully to Tom Coker to the new mm-hmm. guy that's going to be Doug Dabbs. Um, they're all so different. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I'm not sure if people are going to enjoy this or not because yeah. it's so different. I don't know, but sometimes that's what people love about. I don't know. Hey, I, it's, it's a hard game to play. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that's what people enjoy about it to begin with. Yeah. And luckily, we have Daniel throughout all of them. So hopefully yeah. the, the main story mm-hmm. will hook you and you, can, you like that one. And then you get these like little nuggets of something different. In the you think Kevin Daniel helps with, I mean, obviously because he's so talented, but like, does that help with the push of the book in a sense of it's like, it's the team from plastic? You know, I mean, it's always hard. Is yeah. that worth anything, do you think, in the marketing? To I mean, cause, for I mean, the people that read plastic. Because that book yeah. performed so well. So it's like, I don't know. Is that like on the poster? You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, the team from Plastic. I mean, it was in back. all those solicitations and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, if that helps, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we're obviously going to push it. because. But that wasn't something that you guys thought of when you, you know, like, oh, let's put this get these guys back together. Well, I mean, Kevin wanted to keep the team, the Plastic, together as long as possible. So that, that was another reason for the ride 15th because mm-hmm. he knew it was coming up and we were done with Plastic and he was like, um... You know, he knows that if 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 he, you let a team sit around too long, they're going to run around and play everywhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. and then and you may like, not be able to get them all back. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's like, "What do you guys want to do next?" You know, and it was like, "Which is great." Yeah, which is cool because awesome. it's just like I just want to keep working, so I might yeah. as well just put some more. Um, it's another thing you're, you know, I don't think you're going to want to answer too much, but I'll, I'm going to get crap if I don't ask you. Yeah. So, because I mean, Daniel teases a lot of things on social media and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know you've talked about other projects that you have working with him after the ride and stuff whatever so is there anything you can say or people that because i know I, people are going to want to know is there something else coming up in the future to look forward to from you guys past this that you can or hint or anything i mean i can't tell you much um but daniel and i are doing another horror book okay there is, there is something coming up. yes oh, okay and I, and I say horror but it's more like dark, dark comedy horror mm. so it's a lot more <laughs> in the same vein as plastic it's not plastic but it's in that same vein mm-hmm. So Daniel and I already have like at least our next two books. It seemed like people planned. jumped straight on the plastic sequel thing though. I saw oh, a lot yeah. of people were running with that. Which is like I'm not even sure that I want that though. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a that was a tough one. It's an interesting thing in the market though, because we actually approached Image about doing it. Mm-hmm. And um you know, you have image, to, right? After the one performs so well, you have to at least consider, like, do we go back to the well again and exactly. try to do it twice? Yeah, you want to catch like, lightning in a bottle again, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, we were getting, like you said, it was well-received, and not only that, but, like, Daniel and I, I mean, that's usually one of the, I get asked that almost hourly at a show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are, it's are, plastic, are, too. Is, yeah, they're doing <laughs> another one, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, of course, we went to Image and we're like, hey, we want to talk about this. I, I did come up with a, a story for it, just in case. Do you but, feel pretty good about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. I felt pretty good about what we had. But then Image has decades of sales data. Oh, yeah. So they make a lot of decisions based on that. And so they presented to us, and this is kind of an interesting thing. Like, um, they said, listen, what happens with sequels is retailers are going to order number one numbers of whatever number five stopped at. Mm. That's just what they do. It, do they kind of almost, like you were mentioning earlier, five is the sweet spot because mm-hmm. once you hit six and seven, so... Number one of Plastic 2 is basically just Plastic 6. Correct. Right? That's that's the way they're going to look at it. Yes. And I was like, really? That's what they do? You know, even on something that did as well as Plastic, you'd think mm. maybe they wouldn't. But you're already, I guess, cutting off some of the audience. So because, like, 
no one that didn't read plastic is going to go buy plastic too. Right. Right. So like automatically there's a certain amount of people that this book isn't going to appeal to. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. It's a bummer, but it, yeah. I, 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 I can get there. Yeah. So it's, it, it, what was interesting is, I mean, going right down the same trail you said, mm-hmm. and, and, and he was like, so this would be like, it'd almost be better if you did number six or you just don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, or you wait five to 10 years Totes where they like don't an have that old sales data. Oh, there you go. To base it on, you know, so they almost forget that it came out the first time. Okay. And, um, you know, I, because sometimes some of the stuff they tell me, you know, I'll be like, I don't know if that's true. So I called like 10 different retailers that I'm mm. friends with and they all told me, oh yeah, that's exactly what we do. Mm. And I was like, oh, so it would probably be a mistake. Which, that, that, that's kind of disheartening to hear. Oh, but yeah. like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that's the thing I, I think a lot, it's probably good for us to talk about on podcasts like this and stuff because uh, that's something I don't think a lot of people or fans realize, like the business side of a lot of that stuff. Yep. It's not, we don't like to believe it's all driven by creativity and it's just that simple. Like, yeah, do it again. But there's a lot more, you know, it's like, you guys have to make money at this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It has to, you know, look at all the stuff with Tom King last week when it's the the rumors going around. It's like, hey, but Batman dips because DC counts on Batman to sell so much to account for the books that don't. You know what I mean? That that book carries the publisher. Mm -hmm. So, that book cannot fail. Yeah. And so, and even more when we talk about indie books and stuff, they all carry their, they have to carry their own weight. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's never, well, I shouldn't say it's never. I mean, because when Daniel and I started talking about it, because I never had a plan for Plastic 2. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't think, we didn't think Plastic 1 was going to do well. So, yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> so when we got to that point. There's no way you could have predicted that. Yeah. No. It's um, just such an off the wall yeah. kind of thing that it was, so it was weird. just weird enough though yeah. maybe that's you know it was that's that sweet spot of it was just just weird enough yeah and so not being able to tell what that's going to do we did go back and revisit too and we both wanted to do it once we figured out like but we had to think about it for a while it probably took us two months to come to the decision of like do we even want to talk about doing plastic too mm-hmm. and so he's like do you have anything and i was like well not really i didn't have any plans after this one Mm-hmm. And so we waited for a while and then, you know, I said, I think I might have something pitched him my idea. And he's like, oh yeah, I'd do that. But then when you go and you look at the numbers and you're like. Would it be worth it? Yeah. yeah. And is it going to damage the original? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, you see what is it, is it coming from an artistic place of there's still more story to tell there? Or is it coming from, I want to do another one. What else can we do? Right. And, you know. That that to me is usually kind of the sign of like whether you, sh- especially when you talk about like movie sequels a lot. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, like when you see a movie like that, then they do a sequel that ends up being a cash grab, basically. And it's like that movie was wrapped up perfect at the end of that first movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like there wasn't really anything else left there that needed to be, you know, done. You you always can. I think yeah. you always can. I, I think mean, we talked before that you know I I like Gwen and stuff and would have liked to seen maybe more of where she goes or what happens to her. Right. But I don't know if I'm like, if I need that book, you know what I mean? In a sense, because yeah. the plastic is satisfying. It, it feels like it was written to be that thing. Yeah. And I think like readers can tell that stuff, even if you don't think about it, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you can tell that this was written to be a five issue book. Yeah. And that's why it wraps up so nicely because it was planned to be that way. Oh yeah. So is it coming from an organic place to, to do more? I don't know. And I mean, let's face it. I mean, most sequels damage the property. Yeah. 
It's yeah. just that's just the way oh, it is. Yeah. They're never. I, it maybe I it's mean, very rare if it would add. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's why it's like when you the rare occasions you have ones that come out that are like sometimes better than the first one. That is such it's such a celebrated thing when you yeah. have like an Empire Strikes Back or a yeah. Terminator Two or one of those things. It's like yeah, you name the only two that I can think of yeah. that are like successful sequels. Yeah. Like yeah. from a, from a, like an actual story standpoint, not mm-hmm. just whether it made money or not. Yeah. Exactly. But what was it better? So or critically as good as the first successful. One? Yeah. While also like expanding the mythos in the world of that you've you've built and everything. Yeah. Because yeah. it's rare that it's those are the go to, you know. Yeah. I I really I mean, everyone likes to shit on the 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 Raimi Spider Man movies now for some reason, which is weird because those movies were so popular when they oh, came yeah. out. I still love I think Spider Man two is still one of the best superhero movies made. Yeah. I, I've you know, and I, I think it's better than the first one. So that's one that I like to point out quite a bit. But for some reason like there, there came a point where it wasn't cool to like those movies anymore, and I, for some reason, missed the the train on that. Like, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, I'm like, oh, these are still good movies, dude. I mean, they're kind of corny at times, but like, it was two thousand two, you know? Yeah. It's like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> I mean, it, and it's you have to admit, like, those were some of the ones that, honestly, without those, there are there's no MCU. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, without yeah, without Sam Raimi's Spider Man, I don't think you get. I mean. The the X Men movies kind of launched this new the in coming into the new millennium and stuff launched this renaissance I guess of superhero movies that we're in, mm-hmm. but they don't feel like superhero movies as much. They're not colorful. They're not. They have the powers. Of, I mean, Spider Man is a full on origin superhero movie. That first Tobey Maguire movie, whatever. Right. So I I give a little more credit to that one for kind of lunging it forward yeah Yeah, i'm with you the x-men movies and the spider-man movies hands down that's you know know, without those we don't have the marvel universe we have now oh hell yeah because i mean the the back end of the 90s did so much to just damage make hollywood not want to touch anything you have like spawn and you have batman and robin and yeah some of those i mean people always say what about blade but man blade doesn't feel like a compliment nobody considers it a compliment so like like we're not shortchanging blade but like Nobody that doesn't read comic books knows that Blade is a comic. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the and the Blade movies don't feel like superhero. They movies don't because they're not. They're, they're vampire. You know movies. exactly. Yeah. Just like just as much as The Walking Dead is a comic book TV show, right? But there's a lot. <laughs> there's still as popular as that show is. There's still people that don't know that that's a comic. Oh yeah. Book, right. Because, I mean, it's, I don't even think there's even a Marvel logo before the Blade movie. Like I don't think. Yeah, it's been a lot while since I've seen it, but I don't think there's even any, probably because the at that time it was like, no, we don't want to, you know, not that we don't want to be associated with it, but like, let's not put that in people's minds yeah. for the movie. Because I don't think Just in case it fails. Yeah. 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 Oh, the first one's so good. I still love so that good. first one. That opening scene, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, even the fu- finale Wesley fantastic. Snipes, yeah. Snipes oh, Wesley was... Snipes was awesome. I think he needs to let it go. He still likes to <laughs> talk quite a bit. If they ever do it again, like, dude, nobody wants 50-year-old Wesley yeah. Snipes in a trench coat. I'm sorry. Like, well, and You had your time, man. Yeah. There's no shame in that. Who's well, that? Blade. Who's Wesley Snipes? Oh, God. I never watched Blade. You haven't seen the first one? No. Blade, you should though. see that one. I've never seen any of them. I, I think the the second two are debatable on whether they're bad or not. Mm. But the first Trinity one, is bad. Yeah, I think Blade Two you can make a case. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> the first one you should see solid. the first one because it's just solid. Mary's okay. bad with yeah. names. I'm all yeah. I'm also bad. That's with fine. Names. We gave her a lot of crap a couple weeks ago because she asked who Winona Ryder was. <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't know. 
That's why yeah. she doesn't like Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> is she in that? Yes. Oh. She's, she's the mom she? of the two the boys. Mom. Yeah. Okay. Of Will, the one that gets like disappears. She's the mom. Oh. Okay. I always think of Beetlejuice. I think that's like the first one that. Oh, yeah. She's weird she's so young in that movie. Yeah. I mean, she was a hot commodity at, in the oh, yeah. late 80s or through the 90s and stuff. She was star talent, man. Yep. She was huge. I loved the little uh, Christmas thing that Daniel did. Uh, the the with uh, Edwin and, and, oh, and yeah. Santa Claus, yeah, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, every now and then, Daniel will just pop out a, an Edwin. <laughs> you know, he's like, "Here's Edwin doing something." Yeah, oh yeah. So, do they have a lot? Because he he's over in Europe, right? Yeah, he's in Spain. Yeah, do they have a lot of cons and stuff over there? That does he do the con circuits and stuff over there quite a bit? Daniel doesn't like to do anything where he's around a lot of people and There's possibly people the like center that. of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's he's pretty funny about it. He's he's just not really, I know when Brian went over there to Spain, he met up with Brian, but I, I know he kind of went to the con out of no, cho- you know, he had no choice. Brian's mm-hmm. like, yeah, meet me over here, you know. But yeah, yeah, he's not really, he kind of likes to sit at home and draw comics. Some people are just not. Nothing wrong uh, with that. Oh, no. Yeah. We interviewed. W. Maxwell Prince that writes Ice Cream Man mm-hmm. a couple months back, which that was one of my favorite episodes we've done. That was such a that was such a fun interview to do. But I, he was he's a hundred percent that way. Yeah, and he said that he went to New York Comic Con this last year, but he just went as like a as a person to go and walked mm-hmm. around. But he said the idea of me selling myself whatever at a table, he said it's just like it's terrifying to me. I, oh, yeah. I cannot even stand the idea of having to booth. <laughs> You know, I don't blame yeah. him. I wouldn't be able to do you know, it. And it's like, it's just maybe not for everybody. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, and we've already kind of touched on it. You've got seen my approach. Like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not there trying to sell myself. I'm yeah. not trying to force my stuff on anybody. Very, it's you're like, very casual. Very, yeah. yeah, very laid back. I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. You know, so like, I do this. I spend most of my time sitting in my own room by myself. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, so I just go there and I kind of interact with people. And, you know, if they're interested in my book, great. If not, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not there to like push my book or mm-hmm. make money. It's not. You gotta there. be thick skinned in that in this kind of business too. Oh, yeah. So you're not gonna be bothered by any person that walks away from the table. It's like, yeah, you know, it's you understand the thing that you're selling. So yeah. it's like, you know, you're not gonna come out here and expect everyone to come. You you've gotta be a little bit confident in it too. So I could see where he with with Ice Cream Man, if somebody comes up and was like, What is this about? Mm-hmm. And they t- and you tell them there's gonna be people that are offended. Yeah. Yeah. Because people I mean, it's at least once at a show. And it's usually pretty comical, but like the people that get offended by plastic get offended. Like they hate me. Like, yeah, like, like personally attacked. Oh, yeah. It's like you, you don't have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all you mention is a blow up doll and they yeah. freak out. Yeah. So I could see like the same thing with Ice Cream Man. And if you're not confident enough to like think that's funny, because to me it is. I'm yeah. like, if you get offended by a blow up doll. Oh, yeah. You have more issues than yeah. I can help you with. Right? I, I mean, I, I even widened a little bit more. I think if you get offended by a comic book, yeah, I think you're just, well, you know. I mean, there's there's obviously some things I think you could put in comics that would be offensive. Like, you know, if you decided you were going to put Nazis I, as the I guess, heroes in a but story. Like, then, I think yeah. if you, I don't know, like, I just don't think you should let it bother you, affect you personally. Right. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just like, walk away. Like, like the premise of a comic book, I don't think should bother you <laughs> right. too much, you know? Because, I mean, I see some stuff. Especially with the whole, you know, kind of comic skate movement now, all those guys funding their own books through mm-hmm. Indiegogo's and things like that, whatever, Chuck Dixon and a lot of those other guys. You know, 
they want to uh, write that stuff, then okay, yeah, whatever. It, like, and, it's uh, not for us, obviously. No. And uh, our other good friend, Kylie, that's usually here, he he read that Jawbreakers oh, book yeah. that came out because uh, somebody wanted him to read it and let him borrow it. And, you know, he's not into any of that stuff at all, but right. he's like, I'm going to check this out. And he sent me just pictures of some of the pages from that book. And it was like, good God, dude, there's some stuff in that book where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'd have done that. Yeah. But it, I mean, I don't know about offended. It's more just like, I don't want to say funny because that makes me feel like I'm being a douche. You yeah. Know? But like, there's a panel in that book where they're asking a black dude if he can swim or not. You know what I mean? And it, like, Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And okay. so, like, there's just, <laughs> and when I see that stuff, I don't know, I don't feel like, hum, 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 you know, it's just where it's like, whoo, you know, yeah. okay. If that's, like, there's choices and that's the one you made, I guess, go ahead. That's the rock you want to die on. So, so going back to Comic-Cons, are you going to any Comic-Cons? I'm going to Heroes, okay. which is where we launched the ride. So, again, okay. I'm going back there for the launch of, of the ride. It's oh, on. Right on. Like the 14th, 15th, 16th, somewhere in that area. Okay. So it come the the book will also, come out. Also, it'll be that weekend. Yep. That weekend out after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, going to San Diego. Got it. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, I love San Diego. So you gonna be like a guest at Image and stuff to do like sign up the Image. We haven't talked stuff, about but... it yet, but yeah, I'm okay. sure you know with the book being out, they'll have me sign there a couple of times. That's an experience I need to do. I just need to go do it. Oh yeah, I'd... dude. I'd... It's San so Diego different. sounds so, so yeah, like it's in its own world yeah. of one cons. Day. Yeah, one day we'll get yeah. there. Well, let me know when you want to go and I'll I'll give you like the the ins and outs of like oh, yeah. how to handle that. Yeah, you probably got like a handbook that you gotta read to you know <laughs> all the you know. Um those are I'm doing Fan X in September. Okay. And then those are the only three that I currently have scheduled, but mm-hmm. I'm looking to add a couple mm-hmm. of more shows, especially with the ride coming out. Right on. Um I'm gonna have a cover for the ride that you can only get from me. Oh, okay. So oh, sweet. Yeah, so that's, I need to do some cons enough. so I can get oh, that yeah, to in people's good. hands kind of thing. You're going to have that at launch or is that going to Oh, yeah, come? No, I'll okay. have that at launch, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to keep in close yeah. contact with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, like the, the FanX show, for anyone that's out there that doesn't know, that's the show we have here in Salt Lake where we're from. Yep. But um, do, do you find that to be a fairly rewarding show to do? Because, I mean, you've done it multiple times now, so it must be somewhat worth it for you to keep doing it. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, I've been working with Blake Castleman, who does their comic book stuff. Um, You're like one of the five comic people they even invite to come to the whole. <laughs> well, we've been, they've decided they wanted to change that. They want to build the comic side of things That's good. more. And, uh, I'll you, believe did that you guys go to this? It. Did you guys go to the one in April? No, no. The, it was the first one I've ever. It was the first one we've ever missed. Was this yeah. last one we went to? So Disney they had a comic World. row yeah. this time. So oh, it was just professionals. Oh, very nice. They invited, mm-hmm. and so that worked out really well. Everybody had a really good time. Like I was sitting next to Humberto Ramos, who I absolutely adore. Humberto Ramos was here. Yes, see, they look, didn't market that very well. No. See, I didn't look, even yeah, know. That's, yeah, that's a whole different topic. Oh, see, look, yeah. that makes me mad. <laughs> Like the one I didn't go to. Yeah, number you know? Raymond. I was sitting next to him, so you know Dang. I had a great time. I think it was the the first one or the second one that that but when it was still Salt Lake Comic Con, when you can mm-hmm. still call it that. When they had Bernie Wrightson was here, oh, yeah. co created Swamp Thing, and nobody knew he was there. I missed him. I didn't know he was there because I guess he was like off in a corner somewhere yeah. where nobody even they put him in like the worst spot. I'm still mad about that. Yeah, and especially now, obviously because he passed yeah. away. So it's like, I could have got some stuff signed over there. Yeah, I was there. And yeah, I mean, I was sitting across from him, and nobody knew who he was. So, but that's that's a whole new like. Well, I hope they do, dude. They should. Yeah, 
for for September, they're going to have a comics pavilion is what we're calling it. Okay. And that's going to be a section where it's just comic book creators. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like, I think they've talked to maybe Charles and Roger about possibly being, like, in that. It's going to be all comics. Okay. That whole section. Pros, store with comics to sell, that kind of thing. That's... Because we went through, like, you have to retrain mm-hmm. your fans because your fans come here to get photo- photos of celebrities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what you've done since day one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so now you've got to like, like you said, there's I mean, a lot of comic book vendors and yeah. stuff there. Go buy. You got to show the stuff, comic book but... fans that you're bringing comic book people now. Yes. Oh, yeah. And actually marketing it and say and showing it. Show yeah. that you give a damn, <laughs> you know, because, yeah, even the couple times they have reached out and got I thought they've had a couple like fairly big, you know. Oh, yeah. Names. Definitely. It just seems like nobody cares. We basically walked like right up to Marv Wolfman and stuff. He's like one of my favorite. You know, he's created some of my favorite characters of all time, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, this guy's not getting any respect over here. Yeah. yeah. Like so, all these parents that are walking around this con with their little kids in their Teen Titans Go t-shirts. I'm like, you realize like this guy created half of that? Yeah. Uh, that, that stuff bothers me, man. Yeah. It's been fun like trying to work with them and, and try to, because they clearly don't understand what's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And so talking to Blake and working real closely with Blake, like we've all been able to come up like with a strategy of like, how can we over time? Because it's not going to be like. It's not going to be instant. No, you can't. Like Mm -hmm. they still, I would say what, 95% of the people that come to that show are coming there to see celebrities. CW actors. Right. (laughs) So we've got to retrain them to go, hey, go check out this comics pavilion. Mm -hmm. And if we can start doing that, then they're going to be like, oh. They've got to advertise it though. Oh, yeah. You know, because because even when they do bring comics, people they don't they don't promote them. Yeah, hardly. And a lot of times they get the crappier floor spaces. They get put in spots where no one knows where they're at. Yep. So, yeah, I, I mean, there again, you're fighting. You got to you got to think about where the upper guys are coming from. Where they they they, they want to make the money. Yeah, they're What's going the where clicks? the money is. Yeah, yeah where's going, the clicks? They're going where the money is. Yeah, I mean they they advertise, you know, Stormtrooper B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus Humberto Ramos and Storm B gets more clicks. Yeah. So just terrible, really. Oh, yeah. Humberto Ramos is. Oh, uh, he was. And he's an incredibly nice person as well, him and his wife. I, I'd love to meet him. Yeah. I, that bums me out that he was here. <laughs> yeah, he's someone I would have never thought, you know. Yeah. See. And, you know, it, it's cool. Like, we have a pretty. I, I feel like we have a pretty good little, like, local comics community here, but. I think even for the people here, it's like a lot of us, to us, you guys are fairly available most of the time. Guys like you and CV and Otley and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, it's not like we're not excited to see you, but we get to see you quite a bit. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And, and they, it doesn't seem like, so it's for every year to just have like, oh, here's the local guys. <laughs> yeah, here and stuff. Here's like, Doug That's Ryan cool. and Philip. <laughs> That's cool, man. Whatever. But it's like, you know, they don't want to go the extra mile at times to bring in other people. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we would like to get to see some people we maybe don't get to see all the time. Yeah. And I don't know. This is honestly like Salt Lake's like one of the healthiest, I call it a nerd community mm-hmm. that I've ever been a part of. Like we've got three fantastic stores that I can think of right off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. You know, and, some great shops. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I lived in Atlanta mm-hmm. for years and their stores aren't is nice as our stores That's here in Salt great. Lake. Uh, that makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and their communities, I mean, obviously Atlanta's 9 million people, so. Oh, yeah. But their communities aren't quite as passionate 
as ours is. Mm-hmm. You know, like even at Fan X, like, I mean, everybody that's coming there is pretty excited to be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Wasatch Con, everybody was there that was there was excited to be there and having a great time. Mm-hmm. And Which we just did a month or so ago. Too. Oh, yeah. That was another one. We got the second uh, Wasatch Con done. And um, I, I still think was successful enough in it in what it was trying to do building off last year. But obviously, you don't have the Kevin Eastman guy to put on the poster. Right. You know what I mean? That's going to get uh, the the non, you know, necessarily, I don't want to say fans, but the non-active comic book people right. in. But uh, I still had a lot of fun in that show. Oh, yeah. I think it was a great show. And, uh, you know, it's, so, you know I, they don't call it a sophomore slump for no, you know, for no reason at all. I mean, it's yeah. your second year is going to be tougher. You know, your first year is probably going to be your best coming out of the gate. Because mm-hmm. people but, just want to see what it is. Yeah. But I know talking to Charles and Roger, like this one was successful for them, mm-hmm. you know, and it and it gave them a lot to build on. This one was cheaper because they had yeah. to pay Kevin Eastman. Exactly. <laughs> but I think, you know, they, they've made some huge strides that I think, like, if they keep going, it'll they'll be fine. Yeah. I think just, so. Yeah. I just, I love that premise so much, man. I love, I hope it never changes. I hope we keep this little dicky show that, you know, we can set up in a weekend in a mall and stuff. And yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah, it's a cool show. You know. Yeah, I, I just the second I even heard the pitch for it, it was like maybe a year or two before they we, they even did it. When they're like, "We're trying to build this thing," I'm like, "That's an awesome idea." Yeah. It's fun. I like being there. Yeah, and everybody I talked to that was a guest said they had a great show. That's good. So, which is good. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, and it is a lot of the you know Chad Hardens and you and Phil and those guys. Oh yeah, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but, it's gonna be the same. You know, the 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 talent that gets in that hallway though, it's I, I do think people like to you know, come out and get different things, especially when you got a lot of people doing sketches and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Some of the sketches I saw coming out of that thing, because where Mary and I were set up volunteering a booth and stuff, people would kind of come over and show us like, oh, yeah, Chad just did this for me or I got this from Phil, whatever. And some of them were just like, man, yeah. we really do got some talent. Oh, yeah. And they brought, I mean, I'm like, I'm a huge fan of Andy Kuhn and Rob Gilroy mm-hmm. as well, Gillery. And the fact that they were there, I got a chance to meet him for the, you know, for the first time and talk to him for a while. Like I thought it was great. You get to do quite a bit of that as you do different cons and stuff. The fan and you kind of comes out a little bit. Do you, do you get any time to kind of like, Oh, so-and-so is going to be the show. I want to, if I can get over and say hi to somebody or not really, cause you're working a booth. And shows stuff. are, you know, it just depends on the show. Okay. So some shows are tougher because if I'm the only person at my booth, mm-hmm. like I can't, just take off and leave. take off and leave. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want to do that because people are paying to come in there and buy stuff, and I should be available to them. Yeah. yeah. Um. But like, you don't want to feel like you missed out on a couple sales or whatever too. If somebody was there wanting to buy a book, and yeah, you weren't there to sell it to them. Yeah. I mean, that's never my. That's not, I know this sounds crazy, but that's not my top concern. Is like yeah. selling the books. It's more like meeting new people and and Definitely. you know, if somebody does come in to see me, and like I had a couple of people that came in to Fan X to see me that like. That was the only two hours they could come. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm out goofing off, yeah, you know, I don't get to That's sign true. the book, and you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, but at Heroes, I always try to find time because it's so many artists. Emerald mm-hmm. City is the same way. You know, it's like, hey, listen, I got to take at least a two hour break, and because I got to go talk to some Emerald people. City, we were supposed to be at this year, and it didn't yeah. work out. Have we you had, been to that one before? No, and this was going to be the first one we were going to go, and we were even going to try to get some press badges and stuff with the podcast and everything and it didn't work we ended up doing disneyland instead but. <laughs> that's not a bad <laughs> yeah, yeah well the, well the, the tickets sold out day one. Oh yeah and 
So I was like, crap. Well, then I, because that was going to be like our vacation of the year. Let's go do like a week in Seattle and do Emerald City. And it didn't work out. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess the kids can go to Disney. Fine. <laughs> we had a great time. But yeah. It's, you know, it is. I've, I've heard Emerald City is like one of the best shows for the comics community. Oh, it's people. Comic artists. Their guest list is, yeah. you know, just the looking at the guest list of people that were there this year. I was like, oh, Jen Bartell and Chip Zdarsky and stuff like that. Kelly Sue and stuff. I was like, oh, man, I would have loved to yep. be down there. I, I did have Charles bring me back a, a, a Jen Bartell print. At least I was like, okay. Yeah, it's, for me, like Emerald City, Heroes Con, and Baltimore are probably the three best if you're into comic art. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they have an incredible artist alley at all three of them. And you're not going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love art. Yep. Especially when you get original stuff, you know. The the prints are, are always fine, but it's always nice if you can get, you know. Oh yeah, go and get a sketch or, or, or pages or yeah. you know if you if you're the big spender. Yep. Yes, but and then you're you're doing a, a signing too, right? When the book when the book. Oh comes yeah. Out. Yep. I'm doing a signing on the nineteenth because obviously I'll be out traveling on the twelfth to go to Charlotte. Okay. Um. So on the nineteenth, so it'll be the week after the book's coming out. I'm going to be at the Nerd Store. Okay. Which you know, all of our all of our local people know that's our shop. Whatever, yep. so make sure the nineteenth comes. The, the, so that's a Wednesday. That's the next. That is week. Wednesday. Yep. Okay, we're we'll probably from like three to six or some. Yeah, they, I don't think we've narrowed down the time. Oh, okay. Yet, so, well, yep. I guess uh, just be. I don't know. Probably follow Nerd Store for that. They'll, <laughs> yep. Yeah, follow Nerd Store. They'll, they'll have some kind of other thing. Is there anything else we want to talk about the ride? I, I know it's like I say again, it's hard because it's. You don't want to spoil it. Spoil like, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to center a podcast around a book that we can't really talk about. But, uh, <laughs> yep. Anything else you want to let people know about it before we wrap up here? No, I mean pretty much we covered everything. It's five issues. Like I said, yeah. I mean the talent in the book is amazing. Um, you You're know, pleased with it, uh, at least if nothing else. But oh yeah, day, I know. mean it's. I've seen the pages from everybody, mm-hmm. and everybody's bringing their A game. Like Adam, these are maybe my sixth favorite Adam pages ever. That's awesome. You know, they're uh, Tom Coker's. Is that cool for you getting to write a script for Adam to draw? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then yeah. seeing him turn it into something. Um, like Chris You gotta Bruner. get one of them pages, man. You have to. <laughs> Chris, Chris Bruner is. Tell him to give you one. He's like, <laughs> I don't think he's going to give me one. <laughs> um, I mean, Chris Bruner's delivering stuff that's like next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already seen Tom Coker's stuff and i mean you know he does black monday murders yeah and um but he wanted to do something that was a little bit more action oriented and just the cover alone mm-hmm. is going to blow people away oh, wow. so yeah i mean it's 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 going to be a really fun book if you're into like seeing different art styles and different story styles right on cool so before we let you get out of here and stuff usually we, we close up with some weekly picks and stuff that we do mary and i already did some we're doing two podcasts this week. We did the Doomsday Clock review, and this will be the other episode that's come up. But so, what what are you re- reading right now? We talked a lot about your stuff, but what what's some stuff you're reading that you're digging right now? Yeah, what's I your mean, pick of the week. Yeah, in my pick of the week, I just actually <laughs> went to the store. What I'm trying to remember what I bought. Um, I'm pretty sure I got another Redneck. Um, love that series. Right on, um, Donny Case. Oh yeah, and then I picked up um, what is it? Last stop on the Red Line from Dark Horse. Okay. Um, I picked it up because I love John Rauch is coloring mm-hmm. and it looks incredible. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it looks great. Okay. Um, do you no. read quite a bit each month comics or it does, depends. Depends. Like on the new story, Daniel and I are working on, I kind of got, it, it was, it's this hardest I've ever struggled on a story before. So it took me about two months to come up with oh, everything right. I needed okay. to. So, so I didn't read a whole your, lot. Your free time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause then I become obsessed. Yeah. You know, because then you're like, do I have it anymore? 
<laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you start you start questioning everything when it's not coming. Does that help for like inspiration stuff sometimes too? Though, if you not necessarily like you're going to copy somebody else's thing, but like when you're reading, does that kind of trigger creative juices? I guess if you will. Yeah. No. If anything, <laughs> if anything, it does. It, it's, it's honestly, it's for me anyway. And mm-hmm. I can only speak for me, but like. It's it intimidating. Almost, it almost does the opposite because you start. <laughs> I'm feeling, never going to make anything as yes, good as this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to give it up. You start going. You know, that's, you're like you're reading too many Brian K. Vaughn books. Yeah, that's what it you're is. Like I, I, I can't write. What's going on? And yeah. then you read a book and you're like, I don't understand how this guy's writing six books a month and I can't write one. You yeah. know, like so. Yeah, it gets frustrating. Um, reading too much saga and yeah, saga and Paper Girls and. Yeah. Like what CV is always saying, is like, man, Brian Kavon makes us feel like we just all need to be better. Like oh, everyone, yeah. no matter how good you do it, just be better. Yeah. There's, I mean, the, you know, there's just writers that can do that. You know, I think Jason Aaron's one of them. Yeah, you know, every time, most of the time when I read a Jason Aaron book, I feel the same. I'm like, man, I'll never be this good. He's so versatile too. Yeah. I mean, every book of his is such different cloth that it's like, he just can write anything. It feels like you can put him on anything and he's going to, the the worst version of Jason Aaron's going to be at least decent. Yeah. So you could put him on any book. And I'll tell you, like, the book I got to read in advance that I think you guys are going to love is called Thumbs. Thumbs. It's an image book okay. by Sean Lewis. He's the same guy that did uh, The Few. Um, oh, what's the other book he did? I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Um, this one's not out yet. No, it's not okay. out. It comes out in June as well. Okay. I think the first one's like 48 pages, too. Oh, I don't know. But it's like, it's like one of the fav- my favorite books that I've read in like two years. Oh, okay. What's the, what's the genre? Uh, sci-fi. Oh, I love yeah. sci-fi. Okay. Yeah. Did that come out the same day as yours? Or just the same I don't month? think it's the same day. Oh, okay. Um, but I can tell you, like, you sent me, you sent me the that. first issue, and it All looks right. amazing. Um, and, I'm going to keep an eye out for yeah, that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed reading it. It was like one of those when you get, again, mm-hmm. it was like I got done reading, and I was like, I hate you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I That was like, you know tides raise all ships or whatever you know yeah. so it's kind of a good thing everybody should kind of inspire one another oh yeah yeah i mean when you read that and you know those two guys i mean hayden sherman's the guy that's doing the art on it mm-hmm. he's doing fantastic and maybe the best work of his career and it did make me go oh, i gotta i gotta raise my game yeah like these guys are challenging yourself a little bit more you know? yeah gotta try to get on the same level that and that's that's how i felt with like with cv's new book too because it just felt like it felt like he had like kind of broken through another barrier that it's yeah. like you know his and, best work today yeah, yeah. And, and everything i i see of his is usually better than the previous thing but this one felt like a, a pretty big jump for yeah. me where I, I was i was literally blown away by it when i was just like oh my gosh yeah he's bringing it yeah you know it, especially when it's solely his too you know i mean it's like he's writing it he's he's handling all the page stuff it's like man he's just killing it on that book yep so which is, uh, we sh- just talked to him the other day. We should be linking up with him here for another show too, oh, nice. to, to to promote that thing that yep. I, we, <laughs> we I can't say the, can't that. say the name of because it hasn't even been <laughs> solicited yet. But it's but awesome. It's um, yeah, I, I'm. We pumped the freeze pretty hard on here. So if anybody read the freeze and liked that, we oh, got, yeah. we got another book from Phil that's going to be coming out because the, the freeze was great. Yeah, and Dan wrote an awesome story in that too. Which I I hope they get a play in that world a little bit more cv was saying well we haven't heard from top cow yet if they're gonna let us do a little bit more i'm like i hope so man yeah. I, i'm not nearly satisfied enough with that <laughs> ending of that of that for though i need more than that you need yeah. to be some kind of a resolution here but uh so time flies almost as fast as superman the podcast is about over but doug i want to thank you again for coming back and and hanging with us and talking comics and butter and whatever else we talked about <laughs> on this 
thing. And uh, I, I know we've talked about it a couple times, I think, off mic too, but uh, that, that really was a big jump for us when you came on the first time. And, you know, I think that really helped us a lot to kind of keep, you know, I mean, that was episode 13, I think, yeah. you know. And this is 97? Wow. 97. Yeah, we're getting close. Um, we, we've planned our big Marvel versus DC as the episode 100. That's oh, the big man. debate episode we're going to do. Yeah. We're gonna have like six people here. That's going to get nuts. Oh, my gosh. But, we uh, okay. Well, that one we're going to record, I think, in the kitchen. We'll just move everything down. But, uh, I'm saying this, I don't have is, enough mics. This is great. Room. Oh, yeah. People are just going to have to share. You're just going to hear a lot of this <laughs> stuff moving around. It's going to be wonderful. How about everyone just holds it? Yeah. It'll be less just, noise. It'll be like news reporting. Yeah. You can't but, talk unless um, you have the mic. Yeah. 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 But uh, we're, we're, and for the next couple of weeks, moving up to that point where June is going to be kind of our X month. So um, there's a movie coming out, if anyone cares, next week. <laughs> but we're going to have a review for Dark Phoenix movie. We'll see if it's good. Yeah, let's get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Another but, Dark Phoenix movie. Yeah. yeah. That looks very similar to the one we got. Her. I'm like, they're just remaking that other movie again. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we're going to have a... Dark Phoenix review. We're gonna have a was it that bad for X Men three. We're gonna have lots of cool stuff that's X Men kind of themed in June, leading up to the episode one hundred, which is Marvel versus DC. So some cool stuff going up in the next couple of weeks. I want to thank you guys so much for listening, and hanging out with us, and you know making us part of your drive to work or your work day or whatever it is you're doing. But until uh, next time, my name is Tyler. I'm Mary, and we'll uh, see you around, guys. Is it, is it?